0: To another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who all his exes call him a fox, but I call him my costo, co-hosto, co-hosto, co <laughs> Here's my co-host from the left coast. Here's Wayne Fugate. Uh, hola, Ben. I mean. All right, so for this episode, we have not one special guest, but two special guests. They comprise the duet Striking Matches. The most recent tunes can be found on their EP called Noon and includes the singles Boring, Say What You Wanna, and the most recent, Monster. Please welcome to the podcast, Sarah Zimmerman and Justin Davis of Striking Matches.
1: Hello. Hey, guys. <laughs>
0: Hello. Hello. All right. So uh, the premise of our podcast is fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each podcast episode, we ask the all important question. What t-shirt are you wearing? Let's start with Sarah. What t-shirt are you wearing?
1: I am wearing the T-shirt to my uh, favorite fictional band, uh, Mouse Rat, which is from my favorite TV show, Parks and Recreation.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Very good. Very good. Justin, how about you? What T-shirt are you wearing? Uh, I've
2: got a T-shirt from Muchacho Coffee in Atlanta, Um, (laughs) and I just don't really buy t-shirts from coffee shops normally <laughs> just i usually buy coffee <laughs> from coffee shops um but just something about this place had a really really cool look and um
1: it's a cool t-shirt yeah, yeah. it's also
2: like amazing tacos <laughs> like amazing for, tacos for a ta- a coffee, coffee shop yeah i was
0: surprised tacos.
1: when you bought that shirt
0: yeah i know it's very <laughs> just sort of
1: <laughs> but it's a good color on you <laughs>
0: So it wasn't one of those situations where you ran out of clean t-shirts on the road and you needed to buy something? No, usually you just keep wearing dirty shirts. In the- <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Wayne, how
3: about you? What t-shirt are you wearing? I am wearing the shirt I got from the Flogging Molly Social Distortion concert. Uh, This last September Fantastic All right Well
0: I'm wearing uh, My St. Petersburg Songwriters Festival T-shirt Remember that (laughs) So that's where I saw you all Performing Opening for Modest Yahoo A few weeks ago
1: That's right That's
0: right Now I should be Wearing a Striking Matches T-shirt But there was no Merch set up For you all that's
1: yeah, right. that was. At the Modest Yahoo thing, that was but- a
2: that was a last minute sort of uh, thing where we weren't even sure we were going to be playing that show until about two days okay. before. <laughs> so it was like, okay, we'll just get ourselves there. Yeah.
4: And, but we
2: do thankfully have them on our, our online store. Yes, and, we do. Um, they're awfully soft. They're so I'd, soft. I had to, you know, just convince myself to throw on the Machacho shirt just to take off the Striking Matches shirt that I was. <laughs> Previously, wearing it. Wear every so single day. just
0: so com- <laughs> it's just a comforting color, and just oh man, everybody should have one. <laughs> there you go. That was a that was a that was a good festival. I mean, I think yeah. my o- my only critique about the festival was I didn't really see a whole lot of merchandise opportunities for mm-hmm. the musicians that were there. Now, yeah. when you guys when you guys performed on Sunday. Um, at the hotel, did you have, a, a you know, a table set up for CDs or T-shirts or anything to, to to sell?
1: They didn't really have a table set up, but we had them with us. So we were kind of just like, if you want a CD, come and see us. Oh,
2: yeah. Okay. So yeah, we just it seemed did it like, that way. Um, I think it was the first year of that festival. So they yeah. were still kind of getting some logistics yeah, mm-hmm. was, yeah, I don't know it was it was almost like a paid vacation for us in, awesome. in a lot of ways yeah. so we were we were like let's just bring some shirts and yeah. if people have them that's cool but yep. it was it was quite informal as yeah. opposed to most other
0: festivals but mm-hmm. it was also kind of part of the charm of it so it was all good yeah <laughs> yeah I I really enjoyed the one day I went to I yeah. um yeah and Wayne we've already talked about this on the Lee Nash episode because that we recorded that like two days afterwards and oh, well. I talked Talked about being introduced to Mark Sibelia, who I mm-hmm. d- didn't know before, and he blew the the doors down. Mm-hmm. He was yeah, so okay. good, He's so, great. so good. Yeah, I love him. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's switch gears. So you guys were a referral from Liz Longley.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I have known Liz for forever we went to high school together uh oh, okay and when she i was listening actually to her episode earlier and she was talking about how she first kind of got started in high school and when she started playing i played guitar for her um oh, we actually nice. met in marching band uh we were next to each other in the clarinet section and so she <laughs> got asked to play a teacher's wedding and she was like but she wants these songs and i need a guitar player and our band director was like well the girl that sits next to you plays guitar why don't you just ask her <laughs> and then we became really really good friends and played together for all throughout high school until uh, a little bit in college and then uh, she you know started taking off and we started i met justin and we started doing our thing and so uh, i'm like her her biggest fan i think she's amazing and um yeah so that's how i know liz (laughs)
0: cool you talked to her since her little successful kickstarter yeah
1: so cool
0: such so a cool. great story, yeah. yeah. And you and you said you listened to the episode.
1: I did, yeah. Well, I love that record too, and so the Joni Mitchell Blue record and uh, yeah. is such a great record, and uh, so it was fun to hear her chatting all about it.
0: Yeah, Wayne Wayne made Liz cry in that episode. I know,
4: <laughs>
1: I loved that.
0: <laughs> so, uh, anyways, so so we talk a lot about like quote unquote genres on this podcast, so. What would you call your genre? Because you guys have all sorts of influences within your songs. There's country, there's blues, there's some pop influences. Mm-hmm. Like, is there a genre for you?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think we've, we've been calling ourselves genre, genre neutral. Genre neutral. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, that's that's uh, good, too. Yeah, I just because I feel like it's kind of just up to our listeners and up to our fans. That's mm-hmm. kind of all that matters to us because – it really just feels like we just do our thing and and we can be a little more deliberate with uh, production and kind of things we lean into and Mm -hmm. language we use. But really it feels like all the songs we write, it's just always sort of an amalgamation of just what we are inspired by and Mm -hmm. what we we listen to. Mm -hmm. And and I think the thing that always is sort of the constant is just our two voices and then really just the way we play guitar Mm -hmm. uh, and the way that that kind of weaves in and out and, the rest around it, kind of the set dressing. It's funny how that can kind of define what genre it sort of fits in, but it's still us writing everything, mm-hmm. it's still us pretty much playing everything, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I that's sort of the long way of just being like it's it's sort of uh pop Americana, yeah, like that. yeah, it really yeah. is
1: kind yeah. of like rock pop Americana pretty yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. There's just
2: I we just love all those, like mm-hmm. we we grew up kind of as blues players and, and being so influenced by that, but also by country we were just growing mm-hmm. up in Georgia and you even outside of Philly. Yeah. Um, that's just in our, our blood and so it's going to come out naturally.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I play the slide guitar. That's mm-hmm. not really a pop uh, instrument, necessarily. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but, you right. know, it has roots in the rock and blues and all that stuff. So uh, it really is all of that. And we're we're in the middle of uh, this three EP series uh, called Morning Noon, which just came out. Morning Noon and Night. And so the idea was really that each of those are kind of their own sort of genre a little bit, and each has different production styles and all of that. And so that was the whole purpose of this project is because we have, we have all of these influences from all these different places that we just wanted to show them all.
0: <laughs> I was just going to say that because the, the, the noon EP definitely sounds more poppy mm-hmm. um, yeah. than, than, uh, than morning. Yeah. Intentionally. So yeah. Yeah. So what can we expect from night? Is that going to be more bluesy, more laid back or. yeah? Uh,
2: I think, I mean, cause we're still in the process of making it, but we've, are pretty far along the way so it feels like the whole concept of the record why we didn't just do this as a record why we split them up into eps is because it just enabled us to really be to separate them like that and Mm -hmm. so we could make them as different as we cared to and and it kind of be on purpose and so Mm -hmm. (laughs) it feels like the way noon was like this was very very much leaning into the poppy thing and 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 also kind of even more aggressive rock sounding tracks that were on there too. I think Night is going to be, if if Noon was like, su- the songs kind of were supported with uh, groove and feel, um, Night mm-hmm. feels like it's really going to exist because based on around lyric. Um, and that's going to be the thing that really carries okay. it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be more
0: somber or a little more intimate sounding yeah. um, compared to the others. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, I've, I've been listening to noon this week, prepping for, for this episode and, and like, I can't, I can't listen to that record without getting one of the hooks (laughs) from one of those songs stuck in my head. So, you know, so whether it's the, 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 the say what you want to and, and that, and that even starts out with a little bit of, Crunchy yeah. guitar and mm-hmm. that, yeah. that, that, yeah. that yeah. drum beat, yeah. and then it kind of turns into the pop song, yeah. but it still keeps that element of rock yep. uh, going, yeah. going with it.
4: Yeah,
2: man, and that was that was kind of the thing. We were just we wanted to make a, a an EP and not like a full record of that style, mm-hmm. almost just earworm things. Where it was just like we would still surround it with just different colors, like paint with different colors yeah. for a, for an EP, and and then you just see how it went. It was mm-hmm. really artistically satisfying that way, but just wanted to see if fans dug it, yeah. and if other people that maybe hadn't heard of us would uh, give that a listen, and then kind of uh get get in the door that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um and it was a cool really satisfying project so far. Um and then it kind of like sets a precedent for us too that it's just like yeah, sometimes we'll do yeah. interesting different things like that mm-hmm. that now doing something like that isn't so weird. Right. <laughs> it's not that weird
4: Yeah.
0: Right. So what what kind of reception are you getting for Monsters? So that's your latest single. There's a yeah. video out for it as well. Mm-hmm. So um and that's probably in my opinion, the poppiest of, of the songs that, that's on the EP. So what kind of reception are you yeah. getting for that?
1: Um, It's been really good. We were, you know, that's definitely, that was the first like, I think very hard left turn kind of just, it, it was definitely an experiment. We didn't know what people were going to think, but we loved the song and it had, it has our favorite guitar solo of any of our songs mm-hmm. that we've ever written. So it was like, that's a really personal reason why we want to release this song. Let's just do it and see what happens. And we started to play it live too, and people are singing along to mm-hmm. it. And it's, it's gotten this really cool reaction that, you know, cause you just never know when you, when you try something else out that you haven't done before and you go into uncharted territory you 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 know it's a little scary but it's been a really good reception it's been really cool
4: that's awesome
2: i was really really nervous i think on that one just because we we felt connected to the song and and Mm -hmm. and loved it and also you just kind of hope it's like i hope we can do this but ultimately it's it's just a song so we hope people don't get too frustrated with us if we (laughs) do something like that and it's just sort of been overwhelming the other way where it was just like people were just loving it and then loving it live they kind of already knew the words which was really cool Mm -hmm. and shows that people took the time to to hear it and it just enabled us to do some cool things with it live too. You like strip it way down and Mm -hmm. make it really intimate and it's cool. The song could kind of exist on its own. Yeah. Even without all the production around it. (laughs) It was like, we wanted to bring something that felt like bringing an eighties movie to life. Yeah. (laughs) Where uh, like it could have existed in stranger things or something like (laughs) that. Um, And just sort of reminded us that, that sort of,
0: uh, atmosphere mm-hmm. so i assume live the the solo is probably what four minutes long instead of Twenty seconds lost. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, at least. You know, <laughs> yeah. we
1: didn't even. Ch- well, no, that's true because we yeah. added. We, we added, added. So I do the solo from the recording, and then we go into a jam for Justin, so he can go.
0: have a little solo okay. too. All right. yeah.
2: Yeah. I get one too.
0: There you go. Yeah, and I I almost use the lyrics to Monster for my introduction from Wayne. I I, I almost uh, said uh, a year ago <laughs> I created a monster when I invited <laughs> him to be my podcast co-host. So, uh, anyways. <laughs> So let's go back to that that whole poppy thing. So you know you you said that uh you know your fans are really embracing Monster and and, and digging it. And I kind of brought this up to one of our other guests a, a couple months ago because he also has some really catchy catchy songs. So I don't know if you if you know Anthony D'Amato. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um we we fell in love with, with his music as well and he's got some super catchy songs mm-hmm. and he does videos as well. But I think that that his music really kind of fit into the whole you guys, remember during like the 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 '90s, early 2000s, there were still those adult contemporary radio stations yeah, totally. around, <laughs> right. and they all kind of seem to fade away. That's mm-hmm. not like a format that that is, um, you know, in most markets. There isn't really one in the Orlando market, for for instance. Hmm. So, you know, at least from being played from a radio perspective, you know who who who's playing Monster. Or 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 do you just worry about you know? Hopefully there's you know word of mouth out there on the internet of getting out there because I don't I don't I don't know many radio stations that are playing that kind of that kind of music. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think it's uh, independent radio stations. Mm -hmm. We
2: have a really great one here in uh, Nashville called Lightning One Hundred, and that's kind of where we feel like it can live and if, if it's living on terrestrial radio but also i feel like there are some cool elements in like satellite radio stuff mm-hmm. some things like yeah. that but also we're we're just kind of looking at things like streaming yeah um, and just if they resonate there because mm-hmm. that those are kind of metrics and things that we can just physically see yeah, day to day and just see if people are into it or if they're streaming it or mm-hmm. if they're not and you can kind of compare tracks and even ones that you thought really would and are sometimes surprised that they didn't. And then ones that maybe you didn't think would and <laughs> you're like, whoa, that yeah. kind of blew mm-hmm. up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I feel like that's mainly where our attention tends to be, um, especially with just what we're doing, this kind of project, which is pretty unique. Um, it just It's definitely just a concept mm-hmm. style project. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I think, If it built something like that, then I I don't. All of my favorite artists, I feel like my my true favorite artists, I don't know that their stuff necessarily would have you would have thought it would work on radio either Mm -hmm. until it just did. Right? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Totally. So that's almost. I hope that's what we cultivate and what (laughs) we create um, to where we kind of own our own space. Mm -hmm.
0: Then maybe people are making stuff where they want to sound like us. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I I I wish that I could I could pinpoint what's going to take off as opposed to what's not going to resonate mm-hmm. like uh, you know two weeks ago we put out an episode about Terrence Trent Darby do you guys remember him from way back you yeah. probably don't yeah, you, you're like
1: it sounds so familiar yes, yes,
0: yes. <laughs> yeah, wish, wishing well was his uh, or sign your name were his two most okay. popular songs and we didn't have we didn't have a quote unquote guest. You know, it was just mm-hmm. me and Wayne and and one of my buddies, Jeff. Who, you know, he 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 shares the episodes. He's he's up and coming comedian out in uh, uh, California. But um, like that episode took off. Yeah, like it, huh. it, it surpassed. You know, here I was thinking, oh, we just had Lee Nash from Sixpence None right? the Richer yeah. on, and that's you know that's going to be a great episode. The Terrence Trent Darby passed it in downloads by like the third day wow
4: that's incredible
0: that is Uh, wild uh, again i wish that i knew what the magic formula is because maybe we would do more episodes (laughs) like tieran strength darby you know (laughs) yeah yeah uh anyways so um do you guys feel like your 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 sound has changed since you you started making music or um because i i know early on you, you all were considered country because of your involvement with the, the television show Nashville, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, looking, I mean, we made our first full-length record with T-Bone Burnett and it was like just an absolutely amazing experience to get to do that. Um, but I don't think, you know, I'll listen, go back and listen to that record and then, Consider what was considered country at the time, and it was like, yeah. "This isn't that." You know, it was it was Americana, and it was rootsy, and it was you know a little bit, you know, kind of like the dusty, kind of dirty. We all we did it live, like all of the uh, we did just two guitars, bass, and drums, and we tracked live, and it all in the same room. Like we, that's how we made the record, and it was very cool. But I don't know if we hadn't been involved in the show in the way that we were, I don't know that we ever would have called it country,
3: mm-hmm. but
1: it sort of gave us a, that was kind of the reason for doing that just because that show was so hot at the time. And we were really, really lucky to have had songs on it. And um, so it made sense at the time, but I wouldn't necessarily call, have called it country in the way that country radio and stuff is, you know?
0: Yeah. All right. Totally. All right. How many songs did you guys end up having on that? Show,
1: we had nine on the show.
0: Wow, Yay. all right.
1: <laughs>
0: I dropped off after season two when I realized that it was really just a soap opera, soap opera yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, man. I, we, we. I think Sarah stuck with it a little longer than me. I did, I know, yeah, I was always really grateful that, we, but I was always having to kind of ask her, So, what's what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who's
0: sleeping with who?
2: Yeah, 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 just, totally. Well, yeah. You can kind of guess it was like they all kind of were with each other, so it was like you know, you just kind of, guess. <laughs> it was like pretty much everybody's made the rounds by right, season yeah. two. right, <laughs> <yeah>. right. <laughs>
1: but yeah. it was an amazing thing yeah. for us like having those songs on that show got us in the door to go have a fan base in the UK you know which is where one of our stronger fan bases now is is over there and in an international thing and so having songs on that show was really career changing for us for sure um, but I think that just to answer your question I think our sound definitely has changed and developed yeah. since then but I think we were also very new at the time it was our first record and yeah. so we there was still some discovering I think that we needed to have within ourselves and each other and all that and so mm-hmm. um, but we're always we're always evolving I think I think if you're not evolving then you're you know staying still is no fun so
0: no <laughs> yeah. no keep 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 changing up the sound and I, I'm I'm assuming you get asked about Nashville all the time in interviews, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: I mean, for people, anybody who kind of knows it, yeah, they, yeah, I think they're curious about how it happened. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, I'll stop asking those kind of questions. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> um, we don't mind them. So what
0: are what are the other most asked questions you get all the time in press besides besides the obvious Nashville questions? Right. Um,
1: are we dating? Or are you brother and sister?
2: Right.
0: Let me say yes. (laughs) Say both. Yes. (laughs) Just just see what happens. (laughs) And then they'll say, "Oh, yeah, you are from Georgia." And
1: yeah. Of course. (laughs) And then they stop asking, and yeah. (laughs) yeah. Right.
0: Right. right.
1: Um, We get asked, "How long have you been playing guitar?" Uh, What
2: else? If that's really Sarah playing. Uh, yeah, sometimes and then oh resolve. my gosh yes, really yeah, that, people necessary. actually yeah. ask that I think <laughs> people who are new fans or just maybe okay. um, people who just don't know better yet because it's like once they see us live it's like it's hard to fake that <laughs> right <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, but it's not as it's not as common so I think just at like if you're listening to us before you've even seen a video or a picture or anything like that one would probably assume that it's just in taking all of the leads Um but it's not always. <laughs>
3: yeah. I know. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, that that was my. Go oh, ahead. Sorry. That was my favorite. One of the I was listening to. I couldn't find Noon on YouTube because I I, don't, I won't pay for the premium Spotify. <laughs> but the one thing that I loved that I came across two things that I absolutely loved and one definitely showcases Sarah on guitar was the live version of Crossroads. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Oh, that you. slide, <laughs> that slide solo was great. And then I came, and then I somehow came across a guitar cover of Gold Digger, That's which right. I absolutely <laughs> loved. All <point. laughs> thank you,
5: thank you. That
3: ended up being my favorite thing. <laughs>
0: Let's, uh, let's switch gears. Um, oh, wait. I got to ask one last question. And nope. since you listened to uh, uh, an episode already, you know that this question's coming up. So, Totos Africa, good or bad song?
1: Oh, yes. I was looking forward to you asking this. <laughs> Totos Africa, good or bad song? Um, in my opinion, it's a great song. I think the changes, the chord changes in that song are so cool and the me- the melody. I don't know what he's saying, really. I don't know about <laughs> yeah. the lyrics, no, but none from of us a, do. just a musical yeah. standpoint, I think it's awesome. And the, that solo, the like w- I don't know if it's a keyboard or what oh, yeah. kind of thing it is, yeah. that solo is rad. Yeah. And I think that song is awesome. <laughs>
2: yeah, just speaking from the <laughs> standpoint of a musician, it's yeah. like, and then you kind of have to break down the components of what makes a song a song because yeah. it's it's sort of as much the track and the thing as a whole. Like if you had somebody just playing it in the corner of a shop with an acoustic guitar, I'm I don't know if I'd have the same reaction, which is sort of like the philosophy of what makes a song a song, but just as it stands, the recording, I love how just the parts and the harmonies kind of weave in and out of each other and the way that, so in almost in certain cases your ear follows uh like in the chorus it kind of follows one of the harmony parts is the melody sometimes mm-hmm. um and i just think that part's super cool yeah. and just the uh the way different instruments pop up and that and that mm-hmm. band of course was made up of just world class musicians yeah. so it's, yeah. it's easy to figure why they they came up with such a clever arrangement yeah but that's also kind of an interesting song to think about that. Cause it's like, I don't know if just the song itself, somebody just playing it on an acoustic or playing it on a piano, right. if you'd have the same thing, maybe probably True. though, cause it's got a pretty great, just epic melody in the, in the chorus yeah, and stuff. So. Right. Yep.
0: Yeah. 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 And when, when we chatted briefly, um, at, the Saint Petersburg Festival. Um, you you guys were still trying to figure out which record you wanted to to talk about, and yeah. that's right. And, yeah. and and one of the one of the bands you brought up was Steely Dan. So I was all excited yeah. because right. uh, <laughs> there were there were some individuals from Toto who who played on some of the Steely Dan records as well. So right. like. All right, that uh, that's cool. Let's do some some world class <laughs> musicians, um, but that's not what you settled on. So so tell us what album you chose to revisit for this episode.
1: So uh, we decided to go with Nickel Creek's uh, self titled record, Nickel Creek. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, I was so close to doing a Steely Dan record, and then I just got to thinking about it, and I felt like Steely Dan was a really big part of my coming up as a musician. And as a kid, I was very close to a lot of their records, but I wanted something that had something for me and Justin together and this was like the first record that we kind of bonded over one of the first when we first met each other uh, we were thrown together in a basically we both moved to Nashville from uh, I'm from Philly he's from Atlanta uh, to go to school for guitar and the first couple weeks of school they make everybody pair up with somebody else and get in front of the class and improvise and they put me together and me and Justin together and they like hey get up and do something and so we did that and later that night we ran into each other at a Nickel Creek concert
2: uh, yeah. and well I think that yeah. was a little more serendipitous than even that made it sound like, <laughs> just like we had just met yeah. didn't know a soul in town and and so we did this thing in class and it was like hey that went pretty well Yeah, we should do that again uh, see you around and then it was kind of like just didn't even really know if we would catch each other again yeah. or just see each other on campus and it was like <laughs> that very night it was at the Ryman Auditorium yeah. Nickel Creek's farewell show oh, right, and uh, I was going up the stairs, and she was coming down the stairs, and it was just like, "Hey, you!" and <laughs> and I <laughs> think that that kind of like meeting, it was just like, "Oh, you dig these guys too? That that's awesome." Well, let's get together and jam on some Nickel Creek songs, yeah. Like <laughs> play them on guitar, yeah. <laughs> you know, play all the mandolin arrangements right. on guitar. It was yeah, kind of a silly thing, but it gave us an excuse
0: to get together as a band and just kind of start jamming.
1: Yep. Yeah. And so that's why we picked this record. <laughs>
0: So, considering it was one of those serendipity moments, was there Nick Drake that was playing in the background as well?
4: <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm, I'm almost positive, yes. Yeah, there you go. No. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so here, here's how much I guess I didn't know about Nickel Creek, because I, I was familiar with this record. Um, and I'll, t- I'll tell you how I, I, I got introduced to Nickel Creek here <laughs> in, a, in a couple of minutes. But this is actually Nickel Creek's third record. Yeah. Self-titled, oh, though. Oh, you're
1: right. Yes, yeah. that's um,
0: right. So the other two, not available on the on the old uh, streamings. Um, that's right. And I'm not sure if that was because they just want to forget those or <laughs> yes. um, something. But because um, I always thought that this was their debut. And that mm-hmm. was foolish for me to think that just because the record was self-titled that it would be considered the debut. I guess I should have known better. But <laughs> um, but. Uh, here's what I did for for kicks and giggles. So I wanted to see if there were other bands who had done a self titled record that wasn't necessarily their debut record.
4: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: So here, so here's a list, and maybe you guys can add to that. So mm-hmm. Allison Chain self titled from ninety five. Wayne, what number what number record for Allison Chains was that? Oh, fifth. That was huh. their wow. third. third, yes. Huh. Um, all right, I'm throwing this out because I know that Wayne is a Cheap Trick fan. So Cheap mm-hmm. Trick self title from 1997. What number? That's like their 15 or something like that. That Was wow. their 15th record?
3: Whoa!
1: Yeah, yeah. that's wild.
0: Uh, huh. Ryan Ryan Adams record from a few years ago. That was like really? his. That was like his seventh or eighth. Yeah. Wow. Is it, is it still too soon for that's me strange. to? To, to, to make it name. Yeah,
2: it's interesting nonetheless. Yes, yeah.
1: it is. Yeah. It is interesting. Yeah. Also, a lot of times when people have the self-titled records, it's like a band name more than just right. a... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, oh. so let, let me ask you this. So Johnny Cash has a record that is called John R. Cash. Came out oh. in 1975. Hmm. So would that be considered a self-titled record?
1: Interesting. I feel like
0: that's a... Yeah. <laughs> that's his name. I mean, yeah. That's yeah, that's that's almost a more self titled <laughs> Yeah, than, right yeah. That's, like, yeah. that's like legally self yeah. subtitled. Yeah. <laughs> well, what number do you think that was? Oh, I'm mm. like thirty.
1: Yeah. yeah, if it was in the seventies. Right. Nineteen
0: seventy five. Yeah. Didn't even know it existed. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was his fortieth yeah. record. What? Yeah, I was about to say fortieth. Yeah. Crazy, oh man, and we're not talking. And we're not talking greatest hits because I'm sure there were a couple of greatest hits packages <laughs> that happened during, right. along the yeah. way too. So, anyways, all right. Well, let us get some 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 bio info on the band. So, it is comprised. Nickel Creek is comprised of Chris Thiel on mandolin. Uh, you've got Sarah Watkins who plays fiddle, and then Sean Watkins who plays guitar. Uh, they were formed in 1989 in Southern Cal and now that I know how old each of them are, like they must have started when they were like six.
2: Cause oh, yeah, done, they don't, sure. they seem, that's
0: they still true. seem so young. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. I think that's the story. And I think that may be something to do with a uh, part of why the, first two records you can't really find because I think it's entirely possible they were they just made them themselves it wasn't through a a label release and yeah that's true they were selling it out of the out of their van or whatever when they were touring (laughs) around as kids yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: well you can find like videos of them as kids playing together and even then they They were were all just bananas at their instruments and so they definitely have been a band for a while yeah
0: Did you guys realize that Chris and Sean actually switched instruments?
1: Yes, I did.
0: Yeah, that was really funny.
2: Actually, so Uh,
0: because Chris is kind of known for playing the mandolin, right? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like when when you think of mandolin, uh, one of the first people I think of is Chris. Yeah, and yeah, uh, so. I wonder if Sean is regretting that at all. Cause I, I I feel like Sean (laughs) is, I know. I feel like Sean is kind of the forgotten guy on this trio (laughs) and, and unfairly. So, cause I think Sean is extremely talented. So
1: great. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, He's incredible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're probably right. And I just, I don't
2: know. It, Chris, it just—it's a testament, though. I suppose Chris has to be that good
0: in order for Sean to kind of be overshadowed by it. Right. Yeah, just—I don't know. It's no. a testament to all three. Yep. What else do we have to say about uh, laying the groundwork here for for this album? Let's see. I yeah. I I think I
2: got turned on to these guys because it was just uh, I was going through just phases of like I, I don't know if it was right before university or something like that, but. <laughs> I was going through all this um, like harder rock and then (laughs) almost like prog rock just because I was so into guitar and just Mm -hmm. like musicianship. And that was this, I, I hadn't yet fallen in love with the Beatles all over again, you know, which is kind of like when you fall in love with just songwriting and Mm -hmm. and that stuff, I was more into just uh, who could play the fastest (laughs) and, and just sheer skill. And it was like, somebody turned me on to these guys and just, it was pretty much just hearing what Chris and all of them could do that I was mainly attracted to just their musicianship and abilities. And, yeah. And so that was kind of like this weird, <laughs> I was listening to prog rock and these things, and then here's this like bluegrass alt bluegrass band right. that all of a sudden just uh, blew my mind and I was just all into. <laughs> which, which prog bands were you listening to? Uh, I mean, it was like, Dream Theater, of course, but I was listening to, like, just the individual guitar players, too, like Jason Becker. Okay. Um, And that type, you know, where it was, like, it wasn't exactly Ingve, but it was, like, (laughs) the guys that you were slightly less known than an And It was kind (laughs) of, like, neoclassical stuff. Mm. Really... um, even when I think about it now, I'm kind of like, really? You were listening to that? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. There was a lot of phases. <laughs> yeah. Um, have
0: you guys followed the band members, their careers outside of Nickel Creek?
1: Yeah, pretty yeah. well. Um, uh-huh. We've gone to a few Punch Brothers shows okay. here in town. Which uh, Chris
2: Thiele's other, other project.
1: Right, right. yeah. Uh, saw Sarah Watkins. Actually, Liz Longley opened for Sarah Watkins here in Nashville a year yeah. or two ago. Okay. Um, and she put out a solo record that I really liked. Um, which one? And then, uh, what was it called? Now the I most, can't remember
0: the most recent one because I love Young and all the wrong. Wrong. Wins. Yeah, that one. That yep. One? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Um,
2: and then Sean, we followed his other projects a little bit. Um, he did a project with John Foreman. Oh yeah, Switchfoot, which was really interesting. I forgot about that, it's kind of like a, an indie. Project, hmm.
1: yeah, the yeah. I would say Chris is the one we followed the most, sure yeah. and then Sarah sure. to follow, and then Sean yeah Sean. <laughs>
2: and, and
0: now Chris, yeah, I know poor Sean. Very home, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, live, live from
0: here, but live from
1: here is what
0: it's called now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's done quite well for himself. So you know, going he back really to what has. you were saying, you know, he's part of the Punch Brothers, and um, yeah, he's the he's the host of Live from Here, yeah. um, Sean. So Sean's released a number of solo records himself, and he does a lot of collaboration with yeah. all sorts of different people. So he's played guitar on records from Lyle Lovett and Dan Wilson cool. of Semi Sonic. Nice. Um, uh, he does a lot of work with Glenn Phillips from Toad the Wet Sprocket, which oh, yeah. oh wow. um, so I've seen Sean live with Glenn a, a few times last, oh, last being I cool. uh, was out in Santa Barbara for Glenn's last solo album release party in, Sean, of course, was on guitar for that evening. So that's cool. And he's great. Um, And he's also played on some of Sarah's records as well. Right. Yeah. You know, going back to to Sarah's record, if Wayne, if we had done this podcast in 2016, I think her song, like New Year's Day, would have made my uh, most listened list (laughs) for that year because I played the crap out of that song. (laughs) So good. Um, All right. Well, let's jump into the record so um just as a reminder our scoring is based on the number of songs on the record so Wayne how many songs on this record 12 which means our top song is going to get 12 points next favorite 11 on down to our lowest score of one let's kick it off here is Ode to a Butterfly you guys think about starting a record with an instrumental? Love it. Yeah,
2: I think it's a really <laughs> deliberate and kind of gutsy decision because mm-hmm. there's nothing like making a record to just start overthinking everything and right. you just you, it's like, oh, should we do that? Should we? I don't know if we should do that. You know, I don't want to turn people off right away, but it's like, that's what pulled me in immediately. Same. Was just, I was just like, oh, that's what this is about.
1: Yeah. Um, Um, it's very i mean it has so much energy to it right out of the gate and it is just very clear it's like we are instrumentalists as well as songwriters and singers but this is this thing that we do and it takes a very high priority and it just makes it really super clear it's
0: actually kind of a cool idea
1: yeah, I know. And now my gears are turning like, oh, we should do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, as soon as I got I got your scores, Sarah and Justin, I was like, oh, man. Um, because, <laughs> c- because fair warning on our scores. And Wayne, this is where you can chime in. Typically, instrumentals don't fare very well in our scoring, at least based on some of our previous episodes. Right, Wayne?
3: Oh, yeah. And that's uh, – I guess I had – Mixed feel. I guess I originally, initially, I thought this is a great way to start because this is a band I'd never, I had no familiarity with at all. And I, so I, it's why I and it, after hearing your guys' stuff, it made more sense because when I, the first few things I heard, I thought, wow, I'm surprised they didn't pick the first, uh, the Fleetwood Mac album, the first one with Stevie and, oh, yeah. and, and like Lindsay, because I get I get a very like a uh there's a lot of Stevie and like if if Stevie Nicks could play guitar really good, then it would make even more sense. <laughs> yeah. But uh so I like the way it started. It, it's very, you know, like Flight of the Bumblebee almost. Yeah, totally and and that's great. But then not having a lot of familiarity with it and being more used to more conventional music then you're thinking okay if we're gonna do this i don't know that we should go this long like <laughs> it felt like i feel like that's a great idea let's start it with an instrumental because they I, in reverse of what usually happens i actually i think i preferred the instrumentals on this to the songs with with vocals
4: Interesting. Mm-hmm. but i
3: but i thought it went too long i thought if you're going to come out like that Maybe you should shorten it up. And I thought, and I didn't realize that my next criticism, if you can call it that, would I didn't realize until I heard the next song, which is I feel like they should have segued it a little better if you're going to start with an instrumental. The next song, which I think is as close to, because there's a real diversity, like the the songs with lyrics are a completely different style than the instrumentals. Sure, yeah. They, They don't, this is, the one that follows this is, probably the closest to the you know to meshing them together mm. mm-hmm. but i thought it was i definitely thought it was a bold statement like we're gonna start with a four minute bluegrass <laughs> instrumental and then and that and i and I, I learned to love that but then they hit the next song comes in and it i think it suffered from from how different it was from how it got uh, started
1: interesting
0: yeah, I'm gonna save some of my conversation about instrumentals for um some subsequent instrumentals. So <laughs> Yeah, they're, we'll, they're we'll, yeah, choose yeah from. We'll there Yeah, we'll we'll chat about that. I, I was playing this record last night with my wife in the car and anytime an instrumental would come on, she was le- she'd just look at me and she's like, Really? Another instrumental?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so um, but uh, this 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 song actually received a Grammy nomination for best country instrumental wow didn't didn't win but it did (laughs) get it did did get nominated so yeah i think it makes sense where i just i somebody
2: it's just kind of one of those teach their own and and where it was what i was listening to at the time which of course was a lot of instrumental stuff and just i was listening to arrangement and stuff so it's probably just possible that it's just up our alley where Mm -hmm. totally you just you hear it and you're like oh that's amazing that was that was so cool um but I, it's really interesting, actually, just hearing some thoughts kind of coming from the other way because yeah. you
0: just you interpret it differently. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get some scores. So, uh, Sarah, what you got?
1: I gave this a ten.
0: And then Justin,
3: mine was eleven. Okay, and Wayne, <laughs> I gave it a three. I thought of all the <laughs> instrumentals that it was. It was the least. I. I it was the. Le- I guess. The others have kind of a more cultic folk feel to them in a lot of ways. Mm, I just of yeah, the this one also had much more of a a repetitive, I guess I I couldn't really put my finger on it, but I of the of the instrumentals, this was my least favorite. Okay.
0: And um I'm also giving a three. And and Sarah and Justin are probably like, Oh, our
3: microphone's <laughs> having <laughs> issues. I just had something come up.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's jump into the next song, which is not an yeah. instrumental. So this is The Lighthouse's Tale.
5: I had a keeper. He helped me warn the ships at sea. We had grown closer. Tell his joy everything to me. And he wants to marry a girl who shone with beauty and, and they loved each other. And with me walks the sunsets into night. And the winds crashing around me. The sun slips out to sea. And the winds that blow remind me of what has been. I what can never
0: second single off the record didn't didn't chart real well uh, hit number 49 on the country chart. There is a video for the song I did watch that. Um, and if you want to see how yeah, yeah, video, how see, yeah. how young they look, go look at <laughs> yeah. that video. Yeah. Spe- especially <laughs> Sean, he looks super mm-hmm. young in it. Only a little baby. How, how young in nineties they <laughs> look? Yeah, oh right. oh man. yeah, man.
1: Yeah, it was only two thousand. or Some of those sweaters. <laughs> 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 you,
2: just, you
0: just feel that angst. Just <laughs> Yeah. I Yes. I dig the song. Um and looking at your guys' scores, um I think you guys dig it too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love this song. I think the uh I mean the lyrics are so poetic but the story is so great. Like yeah. it's just the the whole thing is from the perspective of the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. And I just think that it's yeah. so interesting and it's such a well-written song.
2: Yeah. Well, and and there's it's like we we almost have to preface all this with just there's Almost like when you get brought to Disney World as a kid, and you end up having this nostalgia <laughs> for it. Like even when you're an adult, even and you bring an adult to Disney World, and they just like don't get it at all. I feel like there's <laughs> almost this comparison to be made with this record, just because it was such a like a period in in my life where I was just exposed to it in a way that there's a comfort and a warmth to totally. it. Just that there's a nostalgia associated with it, and this yeah. this song in particular, where it was like it was just at the time i just loved it and it was i just remember it so fondly and now it's funny just watching the evolution of when we saw the punch brothers live or something they just they make fun of it so much just like the they- the the bass player uh, is a guy or no a banjo player uh, oh, yeah. is a guy named Nome and he'll come up to the mic and just start singing it in like a really low voice <laughs> oh, so it's just yeah. like i am a lighthouse and <laughs> and chris is just kind of having to sit there and just sort of take it and just everybody's just laughing so hard because it's kind of a ridiculous song when you when you kind of think it unless you get full on into just the Poetic nature of it. Right. Which is kind of the the sort of the lofty beauty of it, Mm -hmm. then it can be like. Come on, <laughs> yeah. But I also do love the song. It's going pretty I, I, high
1: I, on your. Oh well,
2: <laughs> I, I have to say, it's just like I still absolutely adore this song.
1: Yeah, so. I just love the story, and I love for me this song was like the reason I wanted to start playing mandolin. Sure. I sure. got this record, and I was given actually their second record for Christmas, and I was like, "This is cool. I want to see what else they have." And I got this record, I was like, "Oh." Like this is some interesting stuff. I want to play the mandolin now, and so this record and this song in particular kind of taught me how to play.
0: Yep, cool. Uh, have you have you put mandolin on any of your songs?
1: Yeah, our first record had a couple of mandolin okay. songs on it. We haven't used it lately, but I think yeah. it's going to make a re
0: yeah. appearance. I'm actually, one of the.
2: Songs that was featured on Nashville was like written around a mandolin Yeah. Riff. Okay. Oh, yeah. called- we did
1: put mandolin on every word too on Morning. Yep. That's yep. right. But Hanging on a Lie was a song that the Nashville show used that was all built around a mandolin yep. uh, kind of riff. Thing.
0: And that was probably mm-hmm. season three, which I didn't watch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it may have been well, actually. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
0: all right. Uh, should we get some scores on this? Yeah. So, um, Actually, let me get Wayne's input because uh, his his score is a little lower than the rest the the three of us.
3: And what's amazing about that is it's it was even lower. And I think what initially it was is I was listening to it on, so I, it's on my phone on YouTube. It's playing in the background, and I'm, and so there's you a, hated
0: their sweaters.
3: Is that what no, you're saying? No, no, no. I wasn't even watching. <laughs> I wasn't even watching. And the and of course one of the things that happened on that YouTube. Uh, album is a they they sequenced them wrong which i think that may have affected oh. some things i had to go back and listen to it in order but it's such it it feels like a huge change from the first song which is my this is obviously my my introduction to nickel creek and then all of a sudden it it changes and it's mm-hmm. and i'm hearing it in the background and i know the title and i so i think a lighthouse is a it, it almost it's gonna feel like a jesus reference and so Oh, and that's as I didn't even listen to it. But so as I am starting to prep for the throw and I'm listening to things a little closer and I'm reading, you're, you're absolutely right. It, it, it is a great story. No one animates a lighthouse. That's, that's genius. And mm. once I listened to it, I actually had a very low score that I had texted Ben and, and changed and moved it up <laughs> to a, to a five. Um, and, and like I say, as I listened to it more, I did kind of hear there is a, probably the best it's as about a best they could have segued to the, to the songs with lyrics. This one does have a little more of that folk kind of new grass feel to it than, than the other spoken or the other Mm -hmm. songs with lyrics. Yeah.
0: Well, when you re listen to this Wayne, do what Grayson Foster uh, did with continuum where you just, you, you, you don't listen to waiting for the world to change. You go straight (laughs) to, I don't trust myself with loving you. Uh, So (laughs) start out with lighthouse's tale. Uh, wait, I, going forward, I, I, going from forward. From
3: now on, from now on, that's what I'm going to do.
0: Yeah, going forward. All right, let's get some scores. Justin, what you got?
2: Uh, it was a ten for me.
0: All right. Uh, yeah. And Sarah, it was an
1: eleven for me. All, All right.
0: 11. And I got nine. And Wayne, a five. All right. Next song is "Out of the Woods." Maybe we should just get Wayne's uh, score out of the way because uh, uh, this did not
3: score very well for you, Wayne. No, No, and I love Wilson Phillips. But yeah, this one's, it's too long. This this is five minutes and 20 seconds. Um, And like I say, it reminded me of, it did remind me of Wilson Phillips is great, but then it didn't have the big chorus like I would expect Mm. from, I felt like it, it needed... With these, this, these somber verses, I felt like a big chorus would have changed everything, but ultimately it just was, and, and I, and now I, now I'm two songs away from this, the, the fiddle and the mandolin that I, that intrigued me in the beginning. And so Mm. I'm getting, now I'm getting angry and I'm taking it out on them with my poor score. <laughs> so uh
0: so this is a cover of a Sinead Lohan song. And I, mm-hmm. I will freely admit I don't know this particular Sinead because I know Sinead O'Connor, but I don't know mm-hmm. Sinead Lohan. Sorry. Right. Um, is that Lindsay's sister? I don't know, <laughs> I, I don't, th- I don't think I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah. <laughs> and even though there's a ton of harmony on this song, I think that this is more of like a Sarah song, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah.
0: So I guess one thing I didn't ask you guys earlier was, how do you decide who sings more of like the lead vocal part for your songs? And, you know, you allow the harmony because, I mean, Chris and Sean are definitely on this song, but it's Mm -hmm. more of a Sarah song. So how do you how do you guys figure, well, this is more of a Sarah song as opposed to this is more of a Justin song? Is it the person who writes the song or comes up with the idea who gets to take the lead?
1: It's sometimes that. I think sometimes it actually depends mostly on what the context of the song is and also what key it's in a lot of times. Like if we're writing and I sing something that's in a perfect range for me, but definitely not for Justin, it'll most likely become a song that I'm singing lead on okay. anymore. A lot of our songs are sh- kind of shared leads, yeah. um, which we try and do just to make it so that it's very clear that there are two voices in this band and not just one right. and a background singer. But um, it is always different though.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Some I feel like sometimes it's just, I don't know what sounds good yeah. Uh, or yeah. Context is, I feel like it's always something kind of different, mm-hmm. but also that's sort of been, why we just kind of work as a band is that we've never really had to fight for it. It's always yeah. just been like, well, yeah, well, it's definitely you here. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. This feels more like me. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. I was thinking the same. Yeah. Right. Um, I think if that were, if that were hard, <laughs> yeah, we'd, right.
4: have really,
0: we'd have bigger problems. Yeah. So. There's no Stevie and Lindsay schism going on in your band is what you're saying. Not, uh, not about who sings, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and so Wayne, going back to your your criticism of you know the length of of some of the songs, because I think if I have any criticism of this record, it's that many of the songs are a little longer than they need to be. Mm-hmm. Like this song, okay. I th- I feel like is probably thirty to forty seconds longer than it at the end than it really needs to be. And I'm probably being really super critical and I'm going to shut up now. So <laughs> <kind of>
1: <laughs> I agree though. I mean, like we were, li- this is my, I'm sure we'll get to the scores in a second, but this is actually my favorite song on the record. Um, but I do agree that it is long. We were listening to it the other day and then we kind of got to the five minute mark. I was like, this song is long. Yeah. It's, fair.
2: <laughs> it's fair. I feel like I was making like a comparison just in my mind about this record and even about this, this band and, I was just thinking about the fact that it's uh, these songs are long, but if you're just loving what it is, then yeah, you're good with it. Totally. It was almost like how I felt about, or I feel like how people felt about uh, Hateful Eight and Quentin Tarantino, hmm. um, where it was like some people just didn't like the Hateful Eight. They felt like it was long and kind of got boring and whatever. But I just, something about that movie, I always go back and watch it because – I just love the actors that are in it and just the style. It's mm-hmm. like, I'll just throw it on. And I even watched the four hour version on Netflix. <laughs> something a while. Cause it was like, it was just more of it. And I just loved seeing yeah. Tim Roth and Samuel L. Jackson and, and all these guys just doing themselves. And it's just in Kurt Russell and all these things. <laughs> and so it was kind of like this with this record where it was like, yeah, there's a really long kind of inflated, just like, L- lilt at the mm-hmm. end of the song Where there's yeah. just big whores And then it's just kind of going It's like right. they could definitely Have faded out long ago But mm-hmm. right. but I'm kind of good with it Because I just enjoy it
1: Yeah it's very like captivating yeah. How it just sort yeah. of like takes you, yep. takes you with it But I just love the lyrics of this song I think more than anything else I just This song sticks with me lyrically The most I think In what it's saying And I just I just yeah. love it And maybe <laughs> just
2: after having seen them live Like their harmonies yeah. Are just it's just that there's no trickery, there's no fixing or anything. Like we've just, we've seen them play this Mm -hmm. song and it just sounds
0: like this. Like they just, they blend so incredibly Mm -hmm. well together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm holding on to hope that they'll do another quote unquote comeback record. They did one, what about five years ago? Mm hmm. And, um, I did not get an opportunity to see them live for that, so one of one of these one of these years, hopefully. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just we got to see them tour that record because the first time we saw them was their farewell thing. So they thought, and so we got to go back and see them do the rhyming again, and it was just as awesome as as the last one. So. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's let's get some scores. So um, let's get Wayne's out of the way first. Wayne,
3: it <laughs> <laughs> was my least favorite. I gave it a one.
0: Right. And then Sarah.
1: I gave a twelve. There you go. <laughs> Opposite
0: ends of the spectrum. J- yes,
1: so interesting.
0: Justin, that's. I got uh, an eight. Okay, and I gave it a ten. All right, there you go. <laughs> and let's go to uh, another instrument, instrumental, in the house of Tom Bomb- Bombadil. Am I saying Bambadilla. it right? Justin yeah. knows. That's
1: right. In the
2: house of Tom Bombadil. So if you're a nerd, <laughs> then you know that this is actually a reference to the Hobbit.
1: I didn't know this until yeah. last week. <laughs> yeah,
2: Tom Bombadil is a character in the Hobbit. Is and he a, I, my, a Hobbit? No, oh. he just he's along the way. They they he's he's such a deep cut that they didn't even have him in the movie adaptation of it. I don't oh think. wow! Oh. I mean, or if they did, it was like in the extended. Like I don't remember it being in yeah. there. Yeah, and. My dad used to read me
0: the Hobbit, you know, when I
2: was a kid. Hmm. So I know about Tom Bombadil. Um,
0: I had no idea, so I'm learning things today. Thank (laughs) you, thank you. You you got it, man. I do think
2: it's really funny that they made that part of the title on the on the record. I was like, oh man, this is a geeky record.
0: So Wayne, again, I'm going to start with you um, because uh, you you just said "Out of the Woods" was your least favorite. This is one of your favorites.
3: Yeah, I this like I say, it opened up with something similar, and this I think is even got it's just got more energy. It's even, and and the instruments seem to all get a little bit of the spotlight, and then they but then they they're all you know mixed together really well but it just had a high energy and like I can say i was looking i was intrigued when it first started with an instrumental and then i was so i think it got an even higher score because i was glad to hear it come back yeah yeah and i did i did look up and saw the reference to to uh tolkien and thought that was super nerdy and cool i like that <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: definitely <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't look that up because I was listening to all of their other instrumentals on other th- other records of theirs. Right, so, yeah. yeah. That was my wormhole this week. Um <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll we'll get there here in a minute. Yeah. Um Same. Same. all right, very Celtic. This is my second favorite of the instrumentals, but it still doesn't fare well in the scoring department. So, I gave that a 4. <laughs> Wayne, what was your score again? It was also my second favorite
3: instrumental. I gave it an 11.
0: Gotcha. And then Sarah, your score?
1: I gave it a 6.
0: And then Justin?
3: I gave it a 5. Okay.
0: So that leads us to Reasons Why. Supposedly, this was the third single off the record, but I couldn't find any chart position information or mm. release information or anything. And w- w- Wikipedia may be lying to me on that. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I, this is where I discovered Nickel Creek. So I didn't discover them in 2000. This was a couple of years later. They did this song with Glenn Phillips. And oh, I th- wow. and I think he shared it on his MySpace or something and I probably <laughs> just dated myself by even saying MySpace. Um <laughs> but uh you know he was he was in uh, a a little I guess you would call it a super group where it was the now I'm I'm totally drawing a blank on what it was called it was like the mutual admiration, oh, admiration society, society or something. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's right. Do do you guys know who else was in that? I'm trying to remember now. Uh, <laughs> I don't. So John, John Paul Jones oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Pete Thomas on drums.
4: Huh.
0: And you guys know who Pete Thomas, Thomas. is? I Wayne think. knows. Um. <laughs> Come on, you know,
3: Elvis Costello. Yeah,
0: Elvis Costello. Oh yeah. yeah. So anyways, a uh, wow. little, little bit of a super group <laughs> there. Um, yeah. So I, I, I like this song. I like the song a lot. Um, and again, maybe that is because this was one of my introductions um, to, to the group. What, why do you guys like this song? Because I'm looking at everybody's scores and I think we're all kind of in agreement of, uh, that this is one of the better songs on the record. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I love I love the lyrics to this song, but I also really, um, this was one of the first songs that I like, I think took note of actually Sean's guitar playing. I think the solo in this song is so melodic and so great, but then, and that that also goes for some of the instrumental stuff, how his playing is just so fluid. And it taught me a lot just because I, as a kid, I would just listen, put on records and learn them, learn the solos, learn the guitar parts and stuff. And so this record for me was very instrumental in doing that. But this solo in this song was like one of the first ones that I got and I figured out the solo and I was like, this, just his playing on it is really cool. So I think that, and I think the groove of the song is really cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All, all of that. Yeah. I just, I've always liked this song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, any song that reminds me of both Danny California and Last Dance with Mary Jane is gonna mm, is yeah. going to be, is gonna be right up there. This one, actually, I gave it a high score, but it suffered because in that YouTube mix that I had, this was at the end, and I thought this uh, isn't uh, this isn't a, this should be higher up. And of course, yeah. it turns out it is. Yeah. But yeah, I love the lyrics too. Any you know lines about exposed nerves and shaking your fist to the sky and stuff. And her mm-hmm. voice is particularly gorgeous in this one. Yeah. Uh, yep. mm-hmm. But yeah, just, yeah. yeah, this was it. It could have used a bigger chorus also, but at the same time, I don't know that I would change anything. Yeah.
0: No, I wouldn't yeah. change anything. This is a great mm-hmm. song. All right. Yeah. Wayne, what was your score on this? A nine. And then Sarah?
1: Also a nine.
0: And then Justin? Also a nine. <laughs> Come on, man. Nope. I didn't do a nine. <laughs> this is my 11. So, oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. All right. Um uh, Moving on This is When You Come Back Down I'll
5: keep looking up Awaiting your return My greatest fear will be That you will crash and burn And I won't feel your fire I'll be the other hand That always holds a line Connecting in between your sweetheart and mine, I'm strung out on that wire, and I'll be on the other end to hear you when you call. Angel, you were born to fly, and if you get too high, I'll catch you when you fall.
0: And I, for the longest time, thought that this was their song. It's not. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, this is uh, a cover of Tim O'Brien, um, and and probably why I don't know Tim O'Brien until this week was he's a bluegrass musician, and
4: uh-huh. that's not yeah.
0: that's not usually where I I go to. <laughs> um, so this uh, this hit number forty eight on the country chart. So this was a single out there, wow. and I could have sworn that it was that it charted higher than that because i i could have swore that this was on uh i heard it on radio or or i heard it on xm or something but um i i thought it i thought i had heard it on some kind of radio but maybe i'm wrong i don't know yeah. so uh so justin you're uh you're matching me with having this as your your top song so tell me yeah. why you love this song
2: there's usually something special special about um there's just something that has to set a song apart when it it has a place like this uh kind of in your heart um because it usually just isn't enough for it to just be an amazing song there usually has to be something associated with it and so that was how it works just for me with the song i remember um not knowing who nickel creek was and um i was actually I don't know, I was 16 or so, and I was driving to New Orleans with um, some people in a, a like a church group because we were going to actually do a benefit show for the Hurricane Katrina thing. We were just going to go and volunteer and help out and play a show. And um, part of the drive was they were just listening to music, and I remember hearing the song several times because they were just leaving the record on repeat and they had the sound down but i would hear this chorus and i would hear the the um and the melody in the in the verses and stuff and i was just i heard it about three times just over the hours of it going and i was like what is this who is this and um and i finally heard it and, and found out who nickel creek was from that and so i it just has such a vivid memory in my mind and just something about the melody it's just, just got this mm. kind of melancholy to it um, and I always just feel like I identify with songs like that mm. they have just sort of this melancholy almost sort of resolved uh, resolved hopelessness to them or something like that where it just feels it has that uh, attitude to it and yeah. then I, I I even responded to the melody and the, the vibe of it before I even delved into the lyrics mm-hmm. um which again kind of just reinforced it usually when you get to that second phase of it and the lyrics are still amazing, then it's, it's all the more special. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a long way for it to, to just be like, why it, it over something else. It just Mm -hmm. usually has to associate
0: with something uh, like a memory or something to you. That's for me. I don't have, I don't know if I've got a memory associated with it. it just, strikes a strikes a chord with me i i just Mm -hmm. i I love this song all the elements Mm -hmm. uh that i like about nickel creek i feel like are all represented here very well so
2: totally i think that's actually interesting though because um i mean there are some beautiful instruments happening Mm -hmm. and arrangement and stuff but it's actually the whole facet of just loving nickel creek for their Prowess on instruments. Yeah. It's not really there. It's all very simple and very. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The mandolin
1: solo was great. Though. Yeah.
2: It's just very beautiful. Yeah. But it's not like technically impressive.
1: Yeah,
4: sure.
2: And so right. I think it's really funny that even despite that, it winds up being my
1: favorite.
2: Because mm-hmm. um, that's such a huge part of why I love that band is yeah. just because what they can do
0: um, yep. physically. And
2: mm-hmm.
4: really-
0: yeah. Wayne, what you got on this?
3: I am an absolute sucker for this kind of stuff. You know, I'll always be here. You know, I, I, from uh, you know, as a dad, it it struck me it was very like a very much like a much more contemporary version of Forever Young. Uh, it just has that you know you're gonna and I, there were some lines that made me think it could possibly be about you know a uh, a lover that that is no longer interested in you. But when yeah. but on the face, I think just taking it as you know a, as from a parent perspective and you're 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 you go out there and whatever happens you know just live your dreams and do it you know and if like the line about you know my biggest fear will be that you will crash and burn and i won't feel the fire like i won't be there when you mm-hmm. get hurt to to you know to put the bandit on your knee or whatever like i say right. i i danced to forever young at my with my daughter at her wedding i'm an absolute mm-hmm. sucker for that stuff
4: <laughs> yeah who
0: knew that you had a soft spot? I know. Mm. You're not so punk after all. Uh, I, the Ramones should have done this. Yeah, there yeah. you go. All right, uh, should we get some scores? Are we good on on our analysis of this?
2: Yeah.
0: All right. So I already uh, I already said this is my top score, and Justin.
2: Yep, twelve. Yeah.
0: Wayne, ten, and then Sarah. <laughs>
1: I give this an eight, and to be honest, I keep thinking this should have scored higher. But then I go back and I look at my scores, and then, and then I'm like, oh well, I, yeah. I understand why I made it an eight, but it is also like I love this song. It's yeah. it is one of my favorite songs in the record. But I just had reasons to yeah. score the others higher. I guess
2: there's only so many. I <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I really like the Bombadil song, but yeah. I gave it a five. It's yeah. just I ran out of
0: slots. Yeah. So it just
1: go. seems unfair yeah. to give this an eight. But it, yeah, it
0: wouldn't, wouldn't be an crying. episode without our guest saying what you just said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: so,
0: all right. Uh, next song: "Sweet Afton."
5: My murmuring stream flow gently sweet after. disturb not dream I, th-
0: I think this isn't one of our more favorites but um, I don't know I I, I kind of dig this song um, yeah. so the uh, the the credits are both to Chris and also the poet Robert Burns. So you guys know that yeah. Sweet Afton, that is a yeah. poem from Robert Burns. Right. So, yeah. 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 I think it's probably just likely he just
2: put some music to, mm-hmm. to this poem and um, really beautiful. Yeah. No, no question. Yeah. yeah. Just one of those where that's like maybe, um, If it's not a perfect record in our minds, I think it's just there are certain tracks like this where, Mm -hmm. yeah, you just sort of zone out and, yeah, and it's no question how beautiful it is and Eh. it's really lovely. But then, like, where it's a 12 song record, it's like maybe it could have come down to 10 or nine or Mm -hmm. something like that. Some of these, yeah, where it's just you feel like, um, yeah, it's really nice. That's really, yeah. uh, uh,
1: I always when I cause you know, when you when you have a record that you've worn out so much you can kind of hear the next song before it starts. Yeah. And I always skip this one. <laughs> I don't know why it's beautiful. Well, we listened to it the other yeah. day. I was like, this really is beautiful. Yeah. Like the the poem itself is a really beautiful poem and the things that he did with it make it really nice. But yeah. I just always skipped it.
0: <laughs> you know. Well that's that's interesting based off of seeing what your score is though. Yes, yeah.
1: true. it's well,
0: usually the skippable songs are my ones and my twos, but
1: yeah, you know. there's. I think that just plays into what Justin said about this record potentially being a couple songs too long.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but also, okay. I, I think there's there's a, there's something to that though too. Yeah, it I just felt like sometimes when you were scoring it low, it's maybe because of what you felt the quality of the song was. Where it's like, I really think this is genuinely a cool thing, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. Like, really beautiful totally i just tend to give it a miss or whatever yeah I, okay it's exactly it, it. It. yeah it's like i didn't want to score it low and make it seem like i don't appreciate what it is yeah <laughs> it just doesn't tend to be one of my
0: favorites
1: yeah totally
0: well now that we're talking about the whole skippable thing so l- i'm looking at scores and wayne this is probably one that you're skipping right
3: i yeah, and I—it's all about a lack of originality. The—it's not that the poem isn't isn't beautiful, and it's not that the melody, which I had read, also he—I don't know what he added to it, but they said when they they placed this song to music, like not long after the poem was written, and they used yeah. the melody to Away in the Manger, which once once you know that, then you can't not hear it, mm-hmm. and so well, uh, what aspects he added to it, I'm sure were you know the the. the the instruments are. They, everybody plays their part. It's a beautiful poem, but all, all, all in all, it's a, it's a, stole, a stolen melody from somebody else's poem, and it just once again. And it's five minutes and thirty-eight seconds long, which I don't, I don't know. That was not us necess- I maybe another choice could have been made. Okay,
1: it is really interesting. I'm like reading the lyrics down, and they really do fit right in with "Where Away in the Manger," like the same exact. Uh, Kind of um, flow gently. Da, 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 da. It's the same thing. That's mm. so fascinating.
0: Interesting. All right. I'm going to listen to this again after this. <laughs>
5: yeah.
0: Just to hear that. Thank you, Wayne. So All right. Um, well, given that, Wayne, so what's your score?
3: The very unpopular two. But like Dude. I said, it's not anything to do with the musicianship or the poetry. It's just that it, I've I've heard the melody before and I've read the poem. All right.
0: Sarah?
1: I gave it a five.
0: Okay. Justin?
2: <laughs> uh, I gave it a seven.
0: And I gave it an eight, and I might want to rethink that now. Uh, <laughs> now that I know what uh, – anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to look into
2: it. I mean, sometimes, like, those melodies, like, if they said they based it off of that, it's just it's, – it's like some of those just traditional oh, yeah. like Irishy sounding melodies, yeah. they're just – they all sound relatively <laughs> similar. It's yeah. just –
0: I don't know. It, um, but that's that's interesting. Have to look at it I know, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's go forward with one more instrumental. So this is <laughs> Cuckoo's Nest. started on this.
3: <laughs> I love this and like say especially coming off of the last one um, and then you just they just rip into this this very Celtic folk and like I say something I wouldn't have been shocked to hear at the Flogging Molly concert and <laughs> and it's just succinct into it's like a drive-by it's just bam there it is and it's out the door at you know two minutes and, and 20 seconds or something and it just mm-hmm. but it, this one has definitely uh, there's some guitar stuff towards the end that I was just really great too. But like I say it's got that; it's much more like a traditional Celtic folk song. But it's just super high energy, and it just comes right in and and does what it's supposed to do, and just gets out of there. It was just great.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is this is my favorite of the instrumentals, and uh, you know we're we're going to talk about a couple more <laughs> instrumentals. Is there any explanation as to why this record had so many instrumentals, though?
1: That's a really good question.
2: Yeah. I mean, to me, it, it just seems sort of self evident because that's who they are as a band. Yeah. When they, they, uh, they, when they play their shows, it's like, uh, it's not quite 50 50, but it's, yeah, there's I mean, a lot of it's 30%, 35% okay. or something are going to be instrumentals, and they can't play them all because yeah, they they'd be there for three oh hours my. or whatever yeah. doing you know, like trying to get on all the instrumentals and stuff. Yeah. And it's it's just part of what the fan base I think loves. Mm-hmm. Like some people love their reasons why type songs yeah. that they have others kind of on other records and and then some people just go to see Chris Steely just shred a mandolin in right. half. <laughs> and it's like just that's what they're there to see. Mm-hmm. They want to see him just go yeah. and it's like yeah, everybody loses their mind. Yeah, um, and so it's always just sort of been this element that they they feature on all their. I, I feel like the the subsequent records after this though they didn't have as many instruments. Yeah, uh-uh. they didn't. They had like maybe two or yeah, and then some of them were simpler or more pop leaning, where it was almost mm-hmm. like. The, um, this one definitely has sort of a
0: traditional. I can I can yeah. actually tell you that the nerd oh, in me yeah. actually went and listened to every one of the records. Yeah. So next record only has one,
4: right? So okay. smoothie song. Oh yeah, right, yeah, which yeah. is
2: awesome.
0: Yeah, wow. which is a great, which is a, another great instrumental. Yeah. Um, and then the record after that, "Why Should the Fire Die," has three instrumentals. Yeah. So right. Scotch and Chocolate, Stump Town, First and Last Waltz. What's interesting yeah. on that record, though, that two out of the three of those instrumentals are like less than two minutes long, which is like perfect for me, which is probably why, and maybe Wayne, you can you can uh, agree with me on this. This is probably my favorite instrumental because I feel like it's just the right length of time at around two minutes.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think, yeah. And like I say, I completely understand why they have so many instrumentals on here. And I actually... I would have preferred even, like I say, more. I know you're not gonna make, you're not gonna sell, sell a million copies of a, a, a alt bluegrass record with all instrumentals, but I, I think to me that's definitely, you know, where they shine. And I, I each one of them, I looked forward to, and they got okay. most of the higher scores. But yeah, I mean, this yeah. one just comes. It's very succinct. It just comes in, and and it's it's all right there, and then it's it's on to the next song. It's like I don't know you anymore, Wayne. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't say I'm a changed man, but I, at least I got an appreciation for, for, for instrumentals, at least.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's get some scores. So, Wayne, w- this was your top?
3: Yeah, this was my favorite one. Okay. Wow. And Sarah?
1: You know, I gave this a four, and I think it's mostly because uh, I, by the time I get to this point in the record, I just – I think I – it seems like if this song were earlier, I might like it better. If okay. that makes sense. Like yeah. if they put mm-hmm. it earlier in the sequence, I might like if they switched in the house of Tom Bombadil and this one, I think I would like it better.
0: <laughs> we, we talk about sequencing a lot on these episodes. Yeah, so yeah I, I get it. And then Justin, your score.
2: Yeah, it was a four for me as okay. well. Okay. I
0: feel like the, a little bit of what Sarah was saying
2: there too. And, and then I feel like it's just funny. It's just, it's just what you get out of, Nickel Creek and uh, this band mm-hmm. and, um, I always felt like this was it favored very much just to start the instrumentals as, as the record goes along start to feel like more traditional like traditional yeah. Celtic kind of traditionals and that was the kind of thing was like I've, I've heard that kind of elsewhere mm-hmm. I love hearing kind of the innovation that, that Chris Seeley brings to the mandolin mm-hmm. and that hearing there that's why I love the subsequent instrumentals that kind of tend to come and the stuff that he's done since then yeah. is just where they feel like, Oh, I haven't really heard that done on a mandolin actually. Cause what I've mo- most heard is kind of Irish and right. um, Celtic uh, voicings. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. Not to say I don't like it. I do like it. I feel like I
1: would want to switch my In the House of Tom Bombadil on this one. I want to switch those scores. (laughs) I like
2: the Bombadil song because it's like its B section has this really, it it counterpoints a very kind of that traditional sound again, but then it has this like almost pop B section where it's going like a one to six minor chord, like thing that's very... Like, oh, where'd that come from? That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, is where he starts doing the arpeggiation. And the, oh,
1: um, right.
0: Um, kind of in the B section. True. That's cool.
1: That's a good point. Cool. <laughs> cool.
0: Um, I don't know. Did I give my score? No, I didn't give my score. So uh, this is a six for me. Nice. All right. So this is hand song. And I think of all of the the non-instrumentals, this was our least favorite, based off of looking yeah. at the scores. So, uh, why did why did this not resonate with you all?
1: This song is really funny for me because when we were listening to this record a couple of days ago, we had a long drive up to Boston. We had some shows up there, and so we got to this song, and I went into this song and be like I love this song this is one of my favorite songs on the record and we got to like the what was it kind of like the second verse and I was like this song is so cheesy (laughs) and I just used to love the meaning behind this song I thought when I you know first heard it I was like this is so special and what a special song and now I don't know I did a I don't I don't know I still think that the meaning is great I just think that it is very cheesy now Yeah, for some reason.
2: <laughs> no, that was okay. I had to kind of observe as you were having this, this like,
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: this
2: realization, just yeah. almost horrified sort of. Oh, I don't like this. Um, <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> Why don't kind of, I like it anymore? Uh, yeah, that's okay. I I didn't have that because I've never really loved this song. Yeah. That's,
1: had that's, you that's... asked me ten years ago, this would have been on the top of my list. Yeah. Okay. And for some reason, I just don't like it there anymore.
2: People change. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there are there some cheesy elements to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, you know, you're definitely bringing in the the biblical overtones uh, as well. And just I, even the three part
2: structure of just like, okay, yeah. it's a boy, okay, and then it's kind man, of flip the meaning, then, yeah. flip the meaning so that the same chorus means something different for each time. It's yeah. like it's a very kind of songwritery right. thing yeah. to yeah. do. And you see that loads of times, and sometimes it's done really well. Yeah. And sometimes not so much. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's
1: what I liked about it so much at the time. It's like, wow, how clever! And then I think some of it is even in the production. It's just a bit cheesy because even you know I don't mind the Bible references. None of that. It's just like (laughs) cheese. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's um. This uh, my notes here say this totally could be written for a new country type of act. Because that, ah, I, I get that new country. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we're we're trying to, we're trying to get the the tug on the heartstrings a little bit with, and you know, throwing in the Jesus references and and all that. Yeah. Um, also military yeah. and the military right. too. Totally. Exactly. Totally. Yep. And it was definitely.
2: I almost wanted to look and just see if it was like written by a Nashville writer or something that was kind of right. maybe the label had them do it or something. I just was really curious how it came to be
0: because mm-hmm. it's I think this is a Sean song if I remember okay. correctly mm-hmm. yeah um he may have had some help but I um yeah. I, th- I thought it was a Sean song <laughs> yeah. Wayne I know that you're ready you're ready to to pontificate what you got
3: oh I you know what all that's missing is a dog and a pickup truck and a train <laughs>
0: yeah,
4: totally. yeah.
3: yeah it's a cliche. It sounds very yeah. contemporary Christian. It didn't, and I, I, I'm surprised this has a four. I don't even, I don't know what happened there. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I get a little, yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I was, yeah, they could have replaced this with an instrumental.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yep.
3: yeah, yeah, I agree. All right,
0: uh, let's get some scores then. Um, so Wayne, you said four, yeah, and then Sarah.
1: That's a three for me.
0: Okay. And then Justin? Yeah, it's a
2: three. And I, looking at my two and one, it's like it's debatable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah, know. Yeah. I just I don't. Agree. I've never been fond of this song. So.
0: Yeah. And and I give this a five because I kept going back and forth between whether or not to give this my my four instead of In the House of Tom Bombadil. and
4: <laughs> Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, I may change it. Um, all right. Uh, Another instrumental. Here we go. Here's Robin and Marion. just going to throw this out this is my least favorite on the record and one that for me is totally skip worthy so yeah 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 i start getting to that point as well
1: yeah when we listened to it i was like i don't even remember this song because i would just skip on to the the next one
2: yeah
0: and i probably would have liked it if they would have done the same thing that they did with the previous instrumental and kept it like 220 i probably Mm -hmm. would like Mm -hmm. it but i just felt like this was just too long
2: Mm -hmm. yeah there are elements in it that I guess just being a fan of the band yeah. that you can kind of latch on to with some of these instrumentals, where you almost hear where Chris Steely was gonna go mm. because he just starts messing with time signatures True, and, yeah. and stuff. It's like kind of could
1: see his future <laughs> dissonance
2: versus release, like yeah. where he's just he's kind of almost thinking about arrangements in a classical way, where he, he's got dissonance and kind of. Um, things that kind of make you hang on and then finally gives you a melodic release <laughs> that um, he uses way, way more, especially kind of in his later kind of solo stuff. But yeah, this was one of those where you start feeling like, ah, oh, his record's getting a little <laughs> long now. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> right. So Wayne, you you are definitely different in your scoring than the, the rest of us. What's
3: uh, huh? What's up? I think because I... It's now, like I said, the instrumentals are what I want to hear. I hear s- people singing songs all the time, I guess. And so something, uh, some I don't know, something about this record, I wanted to hear more of this. And I guess maybe there's just not mm-hmm. enough Celtic folk in my life. And I, I was, I thought oh, it, but I thought it also, one of the things that I think helped the score is that it segues to the next song
4: really, mm-hmm. really
3: well. It's almost like a, it's, you know, it's not necessarily like, intruder to oh pretty woman or anything by van halen but but it definitely felt like a like a, a real good segue into the next song
0: yeah sure okay i get that all right so i already threw out this is my least favorite wayne i gave it a
3: seven that may be high but i i don't know it was early this morning I had a super irish coffee
0: well you may <laughs> you may be high you're right um yeah. all right sarah what you got
1: i gave it a two
0: okay and justin I gave it a two as well. All right, (laughs) leads us to the fox. I love this song.
5: He grabbed the great goose by the neck. He threw. Cross his back and he didn't mind the quack quack and the legs all dangling down, oh down, oh down, oh. He didn't mind the quack quack and the legs all dangling down, oh. Well the old gray woman jumped out of bed, out of the window she popped her head, crying, John, John, the great goose is gone, the fox is on the town, oh down, oh down, oh. John, John, the great goose is gone and the fox is on the town, oh.
0: This is cool. Um, the credits go traditional arranged by Nickel Creek. So yeah. traditional folk song from England covered by everybody, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I looked to, to see who all had covered this. Cause I remember hearing this, you know, as a kid and this is probably a good song if you're trying to establish yourself in like folk circles, cause mm-hmm. some notables include, Harry Belafonte from nineteen fifty four got Pete Seeger and Burl Ives, and also in the late Mm fifties, Jimmy Rogers, the Smother Brothers actually does this as well. Roger Whitaker did this in seventy five. So yeah, so if you are trying to establish yourself as a, you know, in folks circles, this is this is probably a good one to do. Yeah, yeah, it's just
2: it's fun, and I am glad that they put it. They it felt like they needed something like this towards the end of it. Needed a little was.
1: energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Having seen them perform this live, it yeah. feels like you kind of get why you just, it's totally. just, it's just fun. It's just meant to be fun. Like they have a blast with this song live. Yeah. They actually have like a, they brought out a board or something like that, that was mic'd underneath. And it was like the, oh, the yeah. bass player would, would just start like uh kind of almost like clogging. Guess, yeah. but, oh. and just kind of the, almost the, just that was apt to break out in like an Irish yeah. bar or something like not, yeah. not sort of traditional, just like, and creating the percussion. And then all of a sudden kind of Chris would jump on and join him usually. And yeah. it would usually just bring the house down because it would be like kind of that point in the mm-hmm. show where all bets are off and people they' are just doing wild stuff. And um, so, yeah, there's again, there's a slightly just deeper layer with sometimes why we just are as fond of some of these songs as mm-hmm. we are. Because we associate it with something.
1: Yeah. I also think that his mandolin playing song on oh, this, yeah. yes, this song, or yeah, his mandolin playing yeah. on this song is just so, like, you just hear all of his percussive right, right. hand movements that That's, are so, like, how is he moving that fast? Yeah. And it's just so much character to it that yeah. I really love.
2: Well, I mean, he's pretty much the drummer in this band. Yeah, I mean, right. when you see him, and, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he, he goes even further, usually live. Like, I mean, usually in the studio, you just you reserve yourself a little bit. And, yeah. Uh, just based on what translates on Mm -hmm.
0: on recording and whatever. Then then, it's just it's even more nuts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know after I listened to this song I was like, now I want to go listen to whiskey in the jar. Yeah. (laughs) I mean that's the vibe I got from this. So (laughs) um all right. Well let's get some scores.
3: So Wayne? I it got a six, so I feel like it should have got a higher score. I did love I thought it was, you know, to put a traditional, you know, it's like a 500-year-old song or something like that on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was that, to me, one of the highlights was that that progressive strum that he's using that that yeah. really, yeah, it's, like, it's like the drummer in it, it, it. That's a great way to put mm-hmm. it in the But yeah, it was, I only gave it a six for some reason. I don't know. Okay. No,
2: don't feel bad. Yeah. I, I gave it a six <laughs> Yeah, too. Justin did as well. <laughs> I, I'm really fond of the song and I think it's really, goofy and silly but i still love it but i it's i gave it a six too (laughs) and then sarah
1: i gave it a seven
0: yeah i'm matching your seven (laughs) all right and let's uh let's wrap this up so this is one last instrumental here's pastures new I'm just going to start with Wayne because, uh, he, he liked this better than us.
3: Yeah. And, well, and like I say, that's uh, the, the instrumentals, I guess just somehow spoke to me and this one is super lush. It's just, it, and, and I thought it, I got higher points for being the last song because it's almost, it just has this feel like you're floating off into a dream. And I just thought this was just oh. a great way to end this record.
0: I was just going to ask. So, is this is this a good way to end a record with an instrumental right after the fox?
3: That's how we started. I think it's. Per, I, mean, I don't think they could have gone any other way.
0: I was just going to ask. Is it is that good to just kind of bookend it? We started with an instrumental, so we're going to end with an instrumental. Yeah, yeah, why that's kind of
1: cool. Yeah, um, I didn't really think
0: of that. I mean, I
2: just always think it's kind of when you think of it, almost in a, telling a story, mm-hmm. that that kind of serves as the epilogue. Yeah. That's a really nice kind of thought, just where you're you're arranging it and putting it together mm-hmm. deliberately like that. Um yeah, I somewhere had to get a one for me. So it was just <laughs> like I I I still enjoy this song. It still tends to be one that I just by the time I get to it, I'm just sort of done. Yeah. Well, um, but yeah. But that's also because I've experienced the record True. before. Like yeah. and sort of experienced it several times. So yeah. I just I know it and Um, having listened down all the way through the first time, I was like, well, yeah, well, what a nice, pleasant way to do it. But it's also Mm -hmm. one that I never find myself just going and listening to.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and I think I'm with you there. And I think for me, if they had ended on the Fox and just like left, they come out of the gate swinging and they end that way too, to me, I think – would have been like when i would listen to this record i'd end it on the fox <laughs> and i didn't just you yeah. know and it just so for me it sort of is just like oh okay going yeah. back to sleep now a little bit it's That's beautiful right. it's definitely that lush is a great word yeah. to describe the song but it was just sort
2: yeah, of like big mm. like just big open chords mm-hmm. on, and kind of just just has a just a thing to it but it's also i, I it's funny you say i almost consider that the fox does in this record i know yeah and so the if that's the ending, then this, this pasture thing is like the afterthought or it's like yeah. the, the epilogue yep. where mm-hmm. I tend to think of it that way. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's good. That's good. There's that's also like cool looking at it. the
1: sequence, there's not really a better place to put it though. Like you wouldn't smack right. it in the middle cause it is yeah. so sleepy and, yep. and things. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: but <laughs> it's, it's also kind of one of those, it's like, yeah, I don't know if it needed it.
1: Yeah. I just yeah. don't,
2: if you kind of thought about it in like film editing, headspace this is just probably one of the ones that they would have the director would have loved and then the editor would have been kind of smartly just would have just maybe taken it off and and shaved it off or cut the
0: runtime of it just a little bit my my last notes here is this seems like this is the ending credits music
1: right yeah (laughs) totally yeah yeah Yeah. definitely
2: Yeah. Which almost gives it a reason to exist. It's like, yeah' it, sure, if yeah. it's not my favorite, it's That's like it true. has a purpose, so there yeah. you go.
0: Yeah. But in the world of Netflix, that cuts off your credits after, you know, 10 seconds. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll never yeah. know. So <laughs> we'll never know. Right. All right. Let's get some scores. Wayne? I give it an eight. Yeah, I don't know you anymore. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so this is this is my two. And then Sarah.
1: That's a one for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is a one for me, too. Yeah. I just, I think
2: it's so interesting hearing just how people's different takes on yeah, this record. Yeah, it's amazing. Because uh, I, I just think I get a kick out of that really we just yeah. you just interpret things differently yeah and, absolutely and i don't think we're a very reliable source because i just <laughs> i just love this band i love this yeah band. we so, have a
1: definitely the nostalgia yeah. factor and, in and here. also the yeah. things
2: that we like about it mm-hmm. aren't going to be the same as like what my dad or my right my friend yeah. that maybe isn't a musician oh sure like, whereas i would Musician friend, and they're going to be like, "Oh yeah, listen to that yeah. <laughs> that riff on that one song. That's my favorite." Mm-hmm. That.
1: But it is kind of funny how many times yours and my scores either matched up exactly or like within one or two numbers yeah. of each other. They're very close.
2: Yeah, that's except
1: for when you come back down, yeah. which I still feel bad about.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. You were way
0: off course there. <laughs> well, and that's uh, that's the the thing that I that I like about. Um, this format is we can talk about how we consume our music differently. You know, there are, there are those sentimental um, memories that are attached to certain songs, which, give them higher scores i mean mm-hmm. wayne i mean you you and jeff gave me a hard time about one of the songs that i scored on terrence friend darby because it was on a mixtape um <laughs> you know so it's like um you know we're we we all interpret that differently and that's uh that's that's what i like about uh, this format is is having that opportunity to, to to share those memories and share how we're consuming the music so so it's cool Mm -hmm. well did did we cover everything on this record did we miss anything
4: yeah i don't think so yeah
0: Yeah, Yeah. i think we i think we got it um so let's uh let's take a look at our scores and and uh come up with our top five so number one song despite sarah's uh eight (laughs) Come back I'm, come I'm back. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm giving you a hard time.
4: Um, so yeah,
0: when, when you come back down, was definitely our one with an average score of ten point five. What's our next song? Uh,
3: I was, I was torpedoing stuff all over the place. I got nothing. I you don't were. Know.
0: <laughs> Reasons why nine point five. That's okay, our. Uh, that's go. our second. All
3: right. We all yeah. had nines except you. I remember.
0: I had an an 11 on that one. Um, Lighthouse's Tale was our third with an 8.75, despite uh, Wayne's uh, five on that one. Uh, Out of the Woods was four. And again, Wayne torpedoed that one as well. He gave that a one as opposed to Sarah's top. top. So Wayne, you waffle stomped all over that one. Um, And then um, we have an instrumental so this nice. is the first instrumental to make it into any of our top fives in mm-hmm. 70 plus episodes that we've done. Mm-hmm. So Oh, a butterfly got a 6.75. So that right. that's our, that's our number five. I, thought,
2: I thought for sure it was going to be yeah. like, bombed. Oh, I think that we were like kind of in the middle there and right. you guys might've been just
0: high enough. It seemed like our instrumentals were like,
2: Right, yeah. Other. You guys so like the later ones, and we like the earlier ones, and
0: stuff. <laughs> I I I torpedoed Bombadil because I gave it a yeah. four. So. <laughs> I mean, I only gave it a five, yeah. so it's not, it's yeah. not that mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Well, this was fun. Thank yeah, you all very so much fun. for for yeah. coming on. So. Uh, Thank you for
1: having. Us.
0: Absolutely. So so remind our listeners where they can find all the happenings of striking matches.
1: Yeah, all over uh, social media, just at Striking Matches. We're on Twitter yep. and Instagram and Facebook, and yep. we got all of our music on Spotify and yep. iTunes and Amazon. And
2: you can get have pretty much anything on, anything on the store at
0: strikingmatches.com. Yep,
1: the soft yeah. T-shirts are there. That's right.
0: They're so soft. I've already changed back you, into mine because I guys needed it. <laughs> you guys are trying to get me to buy one of your shirts, aren't you? They're only in red. I don't know if I can pull red off.
1: They are only in red. All right. That is Everybody true. Everybody can pull a
0: red ah. All right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but we'll get more. Don't
1: worry.
2: <laughs> and then we'll be on the road uh, early next year. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just come say
0: hi. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So last last question, and I lift this from uh, a fellow podcaster here in Orlando who does the Scotch and Good Conversation podcast. Ooh. So uh, who do you know that I don't know who'd want to join us on this podcast to revisit one of their favorite records?
1: Mm, I would have said Mark Sebelia, but now you've met him.
0: so I'd, I'd, say, I'd say Scott Mul- Mulvihill.
1: Oh, Scott Mulvahill, yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Scott Malvahill. I think you're the uh,
0: second person who is. Oh,
1: yeah, because Liz was talking about. I think Scott also told
0: us about Scott, but we uh, (laughs) (laughs) we ended up going with your introduction because I was like, oh, I want to talk to them. Ah. (laughs) Well, if you if you want to introduce me to Mark, um, that would be that would be cool. I, I emailed. I emailed his management and said, "Hey, you know, this was really cool. I, I'd love to have Mark on and I haven't heard I haven't heard from them." So um
1: he did just have a baby not too long ago.
0: oh okay <laughs> i'll give him a pass on that then yeah, all right yeah.
1: but he's great both he and scott are so great and I, I think that they uh you know they're both music heads like we all are so cool uh i think that both of them would be great options
0: awesome all right well we'll yeah. we'll we'll chat we'll chat offline all right <laughs> well let's uh let's wrap this up so uh, as a reminder, you can find all of our happenings on our Facebook page for the Records Revisited Podcast. We're on Instagram at Records Revisited Podcast, or you can use the hashtag Records Revisited Podcast. Also on Twitter at Podcast Records. You can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, Spotify. I'm sure I'm missing a whole bunch. Um, And you can find all of our previous episodes on our podcast host page, which you can find at recordsrevisitedpodcast.com. And on all those platforms, go subscribe, rate it, or review us. So thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show. Buy a T-shirt of the band buy a record. Visit a record store and not just on record store. Day We Are Records Revisit and we are out. Out. (laughs) Excellent.